Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Thank you for joining Ladder Rain Bible Study. I'm your host, Dr. Randy Bell Sr., and I look forward to us studying the Word of God together. Let's get started. All right, God bless you, everybody. Thank you for joining. We're talking about the normal Christian life, and our scripture is in the book of Romans, chapters 6, 7, and 8. Yep, that's right. All of chapter 6, all of chapter 7, and all of chapter 8. I hope all of you are doing well, and I want to say thank you for tuning in on the teaching. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Dear Father, we thank you so very much for your word. We thank you because your word is perfect. It's beautiful. In fact, you said that your word is so great that you've placed your word above your own name, Lord. That means your word is the highest authority. Your word is so awesome, you won't even uh, violate it. You won't even go against it. Wow, you're awesome, God. Pure and simple. We love you and we thank you. I ask that you please anoint me to be able to teach your word to your precious and valuable people, Father. May they be built up and may you be glorified. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so everybody, we're, we've uh, been right here in the book of Romans, chapter 6, uh, right around verses, I read verses 1 through 10, but um, I think we ended uh, probably around verse what? Verse 5, I think. So um, I think we did end it in with verse 5. Let's see. Yeah, verses three, four, five. Okay, so we'll just pick up and we're going to keep on going because we're we're talking about this normal Christian life, this life that every believer has to deal with. Um, and right now we're talking about sin because sin is what is the main thing that is gripping uh, believers. And and the thing is in the church, uh, in many churches, churches don't really talk about sin anymore. Churches are on the are talking a whole lot about grace. The church is talking a whole lot about tithing and giving, which I believe in giving. I do not believe in tithing, but that'll be another teaching some other time. Uh, I believe tithing is Old Testament and Old Testament only, right? And uh, I believe that uh, in the New Testament, giving is what we should do. And if we do it the right way, you should expect to be blessed. But if you give, According to the tithe, you're given in a wrong, according to a, uh, to a law that does not exist any longer, and you will not be blessed, all right? But the church world, people that claim that you're supposed to walk in faith, they don't have faith enough to simply say the tithe is out of order and that we should give, and whatever you give, I'm going to trust God to keep this ministry open. But instead, a lot of ministries ministries and ministers are trying to uh, keep people uh, control people and keep them given to them instead of them having faith in God and doing the hard work necessary to bring revenue uh, or money into their ministry. Okay, so that's how I feel about it. 
If you like it, fine. If you don't, that's fine too. I don't really care. But that's where uh, uh, that's where I'm at when it comes to uh, to, uh, to giving and uh, tithing. Uh, anyway, we are uh, uh, you know again we're talking about sin and and this is something that Christians have a problem with, right? We you know Christians some Christians are ruled by uh, a lying tongue. Some, some are ruled by sexual perversion. And uh, some are ruled by control, and, uh, uh, which is part of uh, the Jezebel spirit. And so a lot of Christians, I believe, don't want to be in sin, but they're in it. And they don't know how to deal with it. And I think what it is is that they haven't gotten a revelation as to how powerful they actually are in Christ and that they have the power to overcome demonic forces and, uh, and overcome sin. But the thing is, you know, you could have all that power or all that authority, uh, uh, but if you don't know what you have, if you don't know who you are, if you don't know what your position is, you can have all that power and authority all day. You just will never, ever realize it because you'll never put it to use because of the fact that you don't really realize that you're more powerful than Satan. Look, the Bible says, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Isn't that what he said? Yep, that's what John said. First John chapter four, verse four, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And so again, in, um, in uh, Romans chapter six, let's just, I just want to reread to you verses three through five in Romans chapter six, verse three, know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized unto his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. All right? We shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. All right. And so, look, God raised us up and uh, he 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 uh, he raised us up in Christ, you know, so that we can live or walk in newness of life. We walked in the newness of a new birth. We received a new heart or I should say we received a new birth. We received a new heart. We became a new creature. And we became a new man. Okay, that includes you too, women. Okay, uh, when he says man, he's talking about both. He's the male, the male man, and the and the woe man, or the or the female uh, uh, man. Okay, and so that's what he's talking about. And so he says, look, you know, we've become new. Now, is that physical? Is that physical? No. I heard a song one time and I just cracked up on the inside. I thought it was such so inappropriate. Uh not a song but a person. 
he said, you know what? I, he said, when I, when I got this guy, he was in church. I, I don't know who he is. I don't remember his name. But he said, he said, you know, he said, I was a sinner. He said, when I got saved, I looked at my hands and they were new. And I looked at my feet and they were new. And I realized I was new. Well, that's such a lie because, you know, if you had, if you had onions, bunions, and corns on your feet before you got saved, if you didn't have any surgery or do anything to fix it, after you got saved, you're going to look down, you're still going to see them onions, bunions, and corns on your feet. All right. If your hands were jacked and calloused before you got saved, your hands are going to be jacked and calloused after you got saved. God is not talking about the physical. All right. He's talking about your position in the spirit realm. OK, your position in the spirit realm. So God's very purpose for placing us in the resurrected life of Jesus Christ is that we might walk in Christ, walk soberly walk righteously, and walk godly in this present world, all right? So the true believer puts off the old man of sin and puts on the new man of what? All right, that's right, of righteousness and godliness. And this is what causes us to live a pure, a clean, and a holy life. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6, the Bible says, as ye have therefore received Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk ye in him. All right? Not in sin, not in what used to kept keep you bound, but to walk in him. Okay? Him being the Lord Jesus Christ, because when you walk in Christ, you get to walk in liberty. All right? You walk in liberty. Uh, also, in the book of Ephesians, chapter four, verse one, it says, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Paul says, look, I'm a prisoner of the Lord. He said, I'm a prisoner of the Lord. And look, I am beseeching or I am encouraging you that you should walk. You are to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. All right. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 12, it says, Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, that you may know what is the, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. And then one of my favorite verses, Galatians chapter five, verse 16, this I say then walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now remember I said a teaching ago, if you do the do's, you won't do the don'ts. All right. Because some people, they're always teaching or preaching what you should not do. Don't do this. Don't do that. And a lot of times you find that they're doing the very, things, the very thing they're telling you not to do. But they're saying, don't do this and don't do that. Everything is, you can't do this. You can't do that. Well, when you do that, people that are under your ministry, if you're a leader, they're going to do exactly what you're telling them not to, not to do all the time. All right? 
you, you know, people don't want to be spouted out a bunch of rules to them. So what I do is I just teach the dudes, walk in love, walk in the spirit, okay? Walk, walk, walk by faith and not by sight. That's, and then guess what happened? When people start doing those things, then guess what? You find that they're not, you find that as leaders, you're not counseling all the time. You're not, you're not, you're not counseling or talking to someone all the time about their problems because everybody now is so focused on walking in the spirit that when you're doing that, it's impossible to fulfill the lust of the flesh. You can't do it. All right. If, if you're going to fulfill the lust of the, of the flesh, you have to stop walking in the spirit. Now, who would want to do that? I don't know. But guess what? I know what I want to do. I want to walk in the spirit. So if I'm walking in the spirit, I don't have to worry about sinning because me walking in the spirit prevents me from fulfilling the lust of the flesh. All right. The believer is baptized, placed into or identified with the most glorious hope that he or she shall be planted, immersed in the very likeness of Jesus' res resurrection. Now, what does that mean? It simply means that as Jesus was raised to a new life, so shall the believer be raised to a new life. Okay? It also means that as Jesus was raised to live with God, so shall the, deliver, the, the believer be raised to live with God. Wow, isn't that interesting? Okay, so as Jesus was raised to a new life, so shall the believer be raised to a new life. I just said that a moment ago. Let me give you some scriptures to back it up. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. Even when we were dead in sins, God hath quickened us. What does quicken mean? Quicken is an old English term for make alive. All right? God hath quickened or made alive us together uh, with Christ. By grace ye are saved and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Jesus, in Christ Jesus. If ye then be raised, now this is Colossians 3, chapter 3, verse 1. If ye then be raised, risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. If you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. What's above? Faith, hope, Love, righteousness, kindness, joy, patience, excellence, all this stuff is uh, above. What's below? The opposite of that stuff. And then some. So if you're in Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And then remember I just said Jesus was raised to live with God, so shall the believer be raised to live with God. Let me give you some scriptures on that. John chapter 14, verses 2 and 3. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be 
also. We're going to live with Christ. Okay? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we be or ever be with the Lord. And then 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, identified with his death, we shall also live with him. Man, that's good. That's good. Okay, so we're still here in Romans chapter 1. Let me read to you verses 6 and 7, all right? Because I haven't read that part yet. And let's talk about it. In Romans chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, it says, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, and that henceforth we should not serve sin. Verse 7, For he that is dead is freed from sin. He that is dead is freed from sin. Okay? So the believer's old self was crucified with Christ. This is the second thing that the believer should know about his position in Christ. Okay? Now, our old man was crucified with Christ. It was a once-for-all act that Christ himself affected. So what Christ did was he took our old man to the cross with him when he died. Now, what does the old man mean? The old man here, uh, the old man here in the Bible, it means he took our old self, our old life, our old sinful self, uh, or our old, our, let me start over, our old self, our old life, our sinful self, our sinful life, our corrupt nature, our depraved nature, our unregenerate nature, our sinful nature. So old man, that was all part of our old man. Okay? Basically, our old man means our old life without God. All right? The old sinful life that is baptized or identified with Christ in death. So that's what that means. So the old self was crucified so that the body of sin might be destroyed. The body of sin, notice, it's not plural, but singular. Okay? Why? Because sin is seen as a body or a whole package. The human body itself is, is, uh, is seen as the seat of sin. Okay? It's the seat of sin and as the instrument of sin. Right? The body is seen as containing, embodying, and packaging all sin within itself. So the ideal 
is that all sin within a believer is destroyed, conquered, forgiven, and crucified with the Lord Jesus Christ. So the believer is freed from sin. He starts anew. She stays clean and free from sin by walking in constant confession and fellowship before God. Now, you can find that in the book of 1 John chapter uh, 1 and verse 9. Luke 9, 23 says, And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Okay, so now the old self was crucified, right? The old self was crucified to enable and to empower the believer to renounce sin. The believer is not to serve sin. He or she is to renounce it. Knowing that it has been, knowing that it has been crucified and put to death in Christ, right? Because the body embodies sin, right? So when that body is crucified, sin is crucified, right? Absolutely. So knowing that the body has been crucified and put to death, or put to death in Christ. By the power of the cross, sin is not to be served, right? Sin is not to be served because it was put to death when you received Christ as Savior and Lord. It was put to death when you were baptized, when you were immersed in that water. Your old man went down in that water. The, your new man came up when you came up out of that water. You became a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. What's so new? Sin has been crucified in you. It's been crucified. That's why you're not supposed to serve sin. Sin is supposed to be renounced. It's supposed to be refused. It's, it's supposed to be repudiated. Sin is supposed to be rejected. It's supposed to be denied. It's supposed to be conquered. Good gosh. Colossians chapter 3, verses 3 and 5. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ and God. Mortify, therefore, your members, good gracious, which are upon the earth. Fornication uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. 1 Peter 2.24 Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on a tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes we are healed. Wow. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. For as much then as Christ 
hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. Woo-wee! This is what we're supposed to be doing with sin. We should not be giving it first place in our lives. We should get rid of it. Stop dealing with it. You're a new creature in Christ. That stuff has been done away with. See, the church doesn't talk about sin. Church is always talking about, you're going to be okay. God loves you. He understands. I'm going to tell you what he does understand. He understands that if you keep on doing what you keep on doing, you're going to open up the door for the enemy to come in your life and to wreak havoc. And it's just nothing that God can do because sin opens the door for demonic spirits to come into your life and wreak havoc. Some of us, some of you are becoming co-conspirators to your own demise because you won't leave that sin alone. The Holy Spirit has been telling you, warning, 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 don't go there. Don't talk to that person. Don't be alone with that person. Don't say this. Keep your mouth. But you just keep on ignoring what the Holy Spirit is saying. You just keep on doing it. You just keep on doing it. And now you're at the point where you just have no control anymore. Why is that? Because you haven't reckoned that sin is no longer a part of your life. Now that you're saved. Mm-mm-mm. You're dead to sin. If we're dead to sin, we got to start acting like it. We are not to serve sin because we are dead. We have been crucified with Christ. And a dead person is free from sin. And look, when we believe that Jesus Christ died for our sins, our belief is counted as righteousness. Our belief makes us acceptable to God once and for all. He does something else that's just as wonderful. It gives us constant access into God's presence as we walk about day, as we walk about day by day. That means we can pick up the pollutions of this world and fail here and there, and we can constantly come before God and ask for forgiveness. And when we ask, He forgives. And this is the way we are freed from sin. He constantly. He, by constantly walking in open confession to our, our, our Heavenly Father, praying all day long for His forgiveness. And look, just as He promises, He always forgives us in accordance to 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. 
And why does he do such a glorious thing by freeing us from sin eternally? Because we honor his son. That's number one, by trusting Christ's death to free us from his sin. Because he loves his son, number two, and will honor any man who trusts his son. He will honor that man or woman by doing exactly what that man or woman believes. If the person honors Christ by believing, that, by believing that he is freed from sin by the death of Christ, then God counts the man as being freed from sin. I've been saying 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. Let me go there. Okay? 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. It says here, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Good Lord. You should be praying that every day. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask that you forgive me of my sins, heal me of my iniquities, and I thank you for being just and faithful to me. And I thank you for cleansing me of, of all unrighteousness. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Wow. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Wow. First John chapter two, verses one and two, my little children, these things I write, write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins and not for yours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. As ye have therefore received Christ the Lord by faith, so walk ye in him. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. The just shall live by faith. Y'all hear me? The just shall live by faith. You and I have to learn that everything we do, we must do it by faith. I do it by faith. So this position of the believer in Christ is this. His old man was crucified with Christ in order to free him from sin. This is all through the death of Christ. Our salvation is through the death of God's dear son. All right. Now, let's read. Let me read to you verses eight through ten. OK. Romans chapter six, that is verses eight through ten. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. 
but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Wow, I like that. Now, a third position is this. The believer shall live with Christ both now and forever. All right? Because remember, I said that there are three things that, um, that we should know. Okay? About our position. Number one, the believer is baptized, placed into Christ. Number two, the believer's old self was crucified through Christ. We talked about those. Number three, we're going to really talk about this. The believer lives with Christ now and forever. Okay? We shall live eternally with him. That's right. But what gives us such belief and absolute assurance about this? Well, we find it in the scriptures here. But I'll say this. Christ has conquered death once and for all. Now think about it. Christ has already died. Now we are to know that Christ is being raised from the death, from the dead diet. How do I say this? Let me say it again. We're to know that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more. All right? We're to know that death has no more dominion over Christ and that Christ is freed from death. All right? So here in 1 Peter Chapter 3, verse 18, it says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the, the just for the unjust, that he, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened or made alive by the Spirit. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had power, that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver him who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Second Timothy chapter one and verse 10. It says, But God's purpose and grace is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Wow. That's interesting. So, so what gives us this belief in absolute assurance that we'll live eternally with Christ? Well, I just said, number one, Christ has conquered death once and for all. And then number two, Christ now lives forever to God. So based on that, we're to know that Christ died unto sin once, that Christ now lives in the presence of God forever, 
and that Christ lives unto God. And what that means is he lives in an unbroken devotion, fellowship, and service to God. So you and I as believers, we are to live to God through all eternity, beginning right now, from the moment of our conversion. Death has no more dominion over us. We are or have been immersed or placed into the resurrected life of Christ. He is an eternal person now. Therefore, we are to live to God beginning right now, even as he will live unto God throughout all eternity. What did Jesus say in Luke chapter 16, verse 28? I came forth from the Father and am come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. Wow. He said he goes to the Father. In John chapter 17, verse 11, he said, And now... I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Wow. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. But this man, after he offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Yeah, that's right. So this, this means that we too shall be living on and on in an unbroken devo uh, devotion and fellowship and service to God forever. Because in John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In Colossians chapter 2, not Colossians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge... That if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wow. These scriptures are amazing. In John chapter 5, verse 24, Verily, 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 I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come unto, into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. John 17, 24. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me will be, uh, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation 
of the world. So we can be assured, all right? We can be assured that we're going to live with Christ forever. We are assured, based on the scriptures, that Christ has conquered death once and for all. He has already died. All right? He has already died. He's free from sin. Death has no dominion over him. And that Christ was raised from the dead and that he dies no more. All right? So I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this. When sin is trying to um, creep up on you and knock at your door, you got to know that you've been placed into Christ. You've been baptized and placed into Christ in accordance to verses 3 and 5 of Romans 6. You got to know by position that your old self was crucified with Christ. All right? We found that in, in Romans 6, verse 6 and 7. And that in, in verses 8, 9, and 10, we must know by position that the believer, that we as believers, we live with Christ now and forever. Okay? We're dead to sin. So we should not sin. Sin is not part of our DNA anymore because we're spiritual beings. Okay? So let us know our position and walk in it. And when we walk in it, then the issue of sin becomes smaller and smaller and greatly diminished. All right? So I enjoyed this teaching with you. And um, I look forward to, uh, uh, we're going to stop right there. We're going to pick up on chapter uh, two. No, what are we going to pick up on next time? I'm sorry. Let me just make sure here. We're going to pick up on um, 6.11, Romans chapter 6.11. You know what? We might even talk about, talk about baptism a little bit. We might go a little bit deeper. So who knows? We'll just see. We'll just see how the Holy Ghost leads this teaching, okay? So look, God bless you. Look, study your word, pray, and be determined to live a righteous life and fight sin. Fight it. You already have the victory. So stand up to it and fight it and ask God to help you. Okay? So look, I'm Dr. Randy Bell. This is Zoe Life Ministries. Again, thank you for joining. Look, God bless you, my dear brothers and sisters. And I hope you have a great day and a great week, great weekend. And uh, stay safe. God bless you. Thank you for studying God's Word with us today. I'm Dr. Randy Bell Sr. And I'll see you next time on Ladder Rain Bible Study. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.